This podcast contains adult content, so if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual, and energetic worlds, so please open your hearts and proceed with care. As soon as your outer vestments are in hand, I know you're easy. Even when you're a woo 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 Welcome to the Woo Wooverse. I'm Kiralee. I'm Lynette. And we are a bit mental and <laughs> love it, are heavily into it. And we are your hosts <laughs> through the Woo Wooverse today and always. And in this episode, look, we are well and truly heading out into the greater woo-woo world. Mm. It it was always going to (laughs) happen. We've started a new decade and just on the DL, some of us have already lived through a couple of decades, Mm. like four, Mm. it's fine, it's not even a big deal. And over that time, (laughs) our clothes have changed, our hair has changed, our music taste has changed. But what Mm. we're really talking about today is does our energy change and Mm. what is the unique frequency of each period and each era in history. Yeah. And so we're going to look at energy through the ages. We're going to look at collective energy and how it moves through us. We're looking macro level today, aren't we? This isn't just the individual yeah. journey through energy and soul awakening. This is the whole planet journey through energy and soul awakening. Uh, so cool. <laughs> I guess we call it collective consciousness, don't we? The zeitgeist. Yeah, I think this is where the cool kids hang out. I do. <laughs> and they let us in. It was really kind, actually. So I'm visiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like your ex-husband needs to be here this conversation. Because didn't he write a book? Oh, my delightful ex-husband. Yes, he did. Yes, he did write a book, On basically, the about 90s. the zeitgeist. On the yeah. 90s, yes. Yeah. So that's why I keep feeling him here. Yeah, it's funny. I've been feeling him here as well. As I was putting the notes together, I was like, he should be the guest on this. If we do this episode again, we'll totally invite we him. We can on. interview him. He's a cool man. Do you know what Zeitgeist actually means? Do you know what the direct translation is? Oh, it's fascinating, isn't it? Well, yeah, lived in Germany for a little while. My German yeah. is shit, but I do know this. Uh, Zeit, time, Geist, yeah. ghost. Direct translation is ghost. So we often say spirit of the yes. times, but yes. really it's the ghost of the time. Uh, yeah, I always think of it as the spirit. Because it helps me feel a bit happier about the whole thing, but it is. It's the it's the entrail of energy. Let's call mm, it that. Mm. And it's what's going on culturally, intellectually, mm. religiously, in our thought feeling centre during a certain period. What we consider to be important as well. Yeah. What's changing? What's healing? Yeah. And it's been a term that's been around since 1848, I think, people were coining it back in the 1800s to describe, you know, movements and experiences that they, changes, fluxes that they were experiencing in social thought and feeling. And that's really interesting because it's not just a fad. It's not just a trend. And it's not just a fashion, is it? No, no. It can have a fashionable afterlife. Like some bits of it can hang around many, many, many years later. Even like Renaissance or Baroque could be zeitgeists that still now we can go, that's a Baroque building. But it's not a building or a pair of jeans or music. It's bigger than that, isn't it? It, Yeah, it's bigger than that. It's usually kind of reserved for rare moments where culture sort of takes on a – like I guess a wave or a a vibe or a feeling to 
be something or do something or move in a certain way. So, yeah, this is right up there in woo-woo territory, yeah, Totally. It often just doesn't turn up in culture. It turns up in um, maybe medicine as well or yes. in, like, various different aspects of society across various societies across the world as well. Yeah, I think the woo-woo wellness trend is actually not just a trend. I think it's part of what we're going to be talking about today. I think it's part of the zeitgeist Would you say we are nailing the zeitgeist right now? (laughs) We're in it. (laughs) We're in the zeitgeist. We're in it. We're part of it it, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. and I think that that's the thing. I don't think this is just a trend. I actually think it's part of this bigger energetic shift that's going on. Because that's the thing. It is about energy, isn't it? And collective energy and how it expresses itself. Very much about a collective conscious. You'll hear people Mm. talk about collective consciousness Mm -hmm. and that's the shared beliefs, ideas, morals, attitudes that we operate from, you know, in a unified agreement in society. Is anyone writing that down to start with? Probably not. Like it's, it starts as um, sort of trickles of energy. And to me, this is really the movement at the moment, you know, to start, like I filled out a form the other day and it said um, pronoun preference. So it didn't have already written things in there for me. Mm -hmm. I was allowed to choose that for me. So it starts as this energy out there and then it starts taking shape in our forms and our policies and the way we design bathrooms and, you know, that is what we're talking about here. That we agree that something is the set rules. Again, it's not written down, but we agree it's the set rules. Yeah, until it's not. There are only two genders, which is the rules for so long, and now we've agreed, oh, yeah, yeah no, actually that's not true. <laughs> so we'll update. Yes, we're starting to update that, and which is mm. wonderful. So it's fundamental sociological concepts that encourage change And I guess we go back to what we were talking about last time too, which is somehow that archetypal energy, the universal inherited collections of knowledge and information Mm. and themes starts to move through this as well. Like we take something and we transform it or we rebel against it or we question it. You know, and that's the great thing. We have, we're not just staying the same. Or it's always been there, but we only just see it. I wonder that too. I wonder that a lot. Yeah. Okay. So was that always there? Yeah. Um, and we just buried it? Or yeah, are we going? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we return to things like, yeah. like Keanu we go Reeves. back. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like he's very zeitgeisty at the moment. <laughs> oh, he's very zeitgeisty. Isn't well, he can zeitgeist yeah. all over me anytime. Yeah, but sometimes we do, like, we do collectively miss it and then we collectively mm. clock it energetically, don't we? Yeah, and people become socially conscious. They become aware. They wake up. It's like one minute that's not something everyone's clocked into and the next minute everyone starts to ask, is there sugar in that? Is there, mm. sorry, do, is that alkaline yeah. water? Is, is that fair on, trade? Is that local? Is it? Yeah. 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 And yeah. so we become socially conscious. We become socially awake to things. And then the, the massive beautiful thing about this is that how does a trickle become a wave? Mm. What's that saying that there is nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come? 
And that is the zeitgeist, isn't it? That is exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they say it's a living organism. Like it's Mm. kind of got a life and a form and it's about unification and multiplicity and it's about friction and individuals coming together. It's a force. I think sometimes as humans it's really hard for us. Like I can have Mm. a really good sense of myself. Yep, I definitely know I'm here. And then family and friends, yep, and my little community around me, yep, yep, I could totally see how that moves. But if we get to me trying to think about how my city moves or how my country moves or what's going like my brain just melts it's really it's happening but it can be really hard with my tiny little monkey brain to actually see it and understand it and step back far enough and at the moment I think afterwards when you're looking at history you can step back and go that we now call that the renaissance but did the people who are in the renaissance like really know that it was happening oh no they were just having a fantastic time looking at colors and angels and yeah Yeah. So astronauts that have been out in space, Mm. there's this phenomena that they come back with where they have seen it all from that massive view and they cannot see themselves as not part of the whole anymore. Once they've pulled back that far and seen this earth as this tiny ball basically yeah they talk about this phenomena of oneness and connection and understanding it's actually a thing and i think that's what happens when we travel as yeah, well yep yep a book that's really nailed the zeitgeist recently i think is sapiens by noah yavel harari i oh. hope i pronounced his name correctly and i think he got it he didn't need to go to space to do it he did a lot of meditating to get it but yeah. he saw that we are at the age of the collective of our species being collected we are no longer divided it is the global village and he wrote yeah. this amazing book the history of our species from that perspective it's a fantastic book for anyone who's into this and wants yeah. to sort of deep dive a little bit further. I mean, it'll and do your head in, but it's amazing. Well, I think all of this today needs to come with a little warning. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, doing heads in all this, over the have place. a shower, go and eat something very, very simple and maybe get your feet on the ground and go, go for a long walk. Isn't that a lovely blade of grass? That's just fantastic. <laughs> that grass is going to be there just for the next 10 minutes, you know, because what happens is we're talking about expansive awareness, expansive consciousness. We're, we're really starting to say, okay, it's not just about me and how I self-care mm. for myself every day. It's not just about did I nail my affirmation this morning. Mm. It's actually much, much bigger than that. And we're actually all oscillating in a certain way that is going to affect how other people are oscillating. And we could be the trickle or we could end up just being part of the energy that creates the wave. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really feel it. I really feel that we have been through periods like this before but I really feel that we're in a time where revolution is possible, tipping point is possible, mm. that there's possible circumstances that may create that experience for us as well where we have to move a little faster. It absolutely is a time where we cannot stand still, isn't it? Like regardless of where yeah. it's actually going, change yeah. is inevitable and it's coming. Yeah. Either we make it or it just comes anyway. Yeah, and it feels to me like what we're doing also and so much will happen as we have now crossed into this decade where we look back. But that's because we need to go back through the collective memory 
to have a think about what was working, what wasn't working, mm. how has this affected us? What are our ideals? What's us at our yeah. best? What do we decide we want? What's us at our worst? What do we not want to repeat? Yeah. God, it's a complicated time to be alive. And it's true. We have to step back from the navel-gazing slightly. We have to do the navel-gazing, you yeah. know, look at ourselves and pull our own little tapestry apart a little bit. And then we have to step back and look at where we fit into the bigger tapestry and also what we wish for that tapestry. Yeah, yeah. What do we really want that to be like? Because if every single thread makes the pattern, then you're one of those threads. I'm one of those threads. We're all part of that mm. beautiful pattern that's forming. And it is a little bit, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, which is pretty hostile. Like that's a very simplistic black and white <laughs> way is, of seeing the world. Kind of but true. it's not wrong. Like if you're not part of the mm. collective, you're not part of the solution as well. Like unless we all come together, we can't solve any of this or move what needs to be moved individually. We have to do it together. It's safety in numbers, man. Yeah. And we've talked about our family and our stories and our personal mm. energy and our mm. choices that come from consciousness. And we've talked about how it's passed on. And then we've talked talked about these collective stories that we have and when we move through a new decade we get the chance to choose a new vision new new chapter new collective story and I think that's what we're here talking about right now so let's talk about how the zeitgeist has expressed itself through history mm. let's do a little history of the geist because we've got like nine hours let's examine the thousands and thousands of years of civilization yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that should be easy. Let's do the whistle stop tour through some of the more recent yeah. expressions of how the zeitgeist has and this energy has expressed itself through the, the eras, the ages, the periods. I think the first thing you realise when you kind of stop to look at this or read on it is that it is a natural and inevitable progression that we don't just stay in one form. We evolve, yeah, yeah. right? Change is the only constant. Yeah. My first reading on this and experience of it was in the Celestine Prophecy, in the Second Insight which is about the longer now. But more recently, someone like Jared Diamond, and again, if you really want to deep dive and go on an amazing mental journey with this, his book, Collapse, is amazing. He talks about the rise and falls of civilizations and why they collapse, and so yeah, he's okay. very, very in- – I oh, love his work. It is, it's really right up here. But the longer now in the Celestine Prophecy talks about that historically mankind has been through periods that have been controlled by various beliefs and attitudes. Humanity has had a captivation with discovering everything the world has to offer and trying to work out where we fit in, as we talked about in the beginning. And it's kind of this experience of where power was through the different mm. ages of the zeitgeist. So, so much of zeitgeist is about where power lies, isn't it? It is. It mm. really is. And Jared Diamond interestingly talks about this as the relationship with power and geography and mm. resources and how yep. it affects yep. how civilizations rise and then collapse. But in the way we're talking about it, which is how does it affect who we are now and what we're doing and what we're feeling and why we're doing it, really, I mean, if you go right back, it was about the European Middle Ages, the Renaissance. It all began when we had previously had un, unequivocal faith in the church, right? Mm. There was The church was power. We had none. You've, you've said this before. God was God and if you didn't follow the rules, you were basically going to go and be fire and brimstone. Yeah. <laughs> 
I have mentioned this once or twice. But then the Renaissance began and we kind of lost mm. our faith in the ability of the church men to describe our spiritual reality. And increased our faith in humans. Yeah. Uh-huh, that's yeah. right. And it's interesting if you look at the time in, in that art, so many angels, so, but people were trying to access it for themselves. Right? Yeah, yeah. Every aspect of the medieval world was defined in otherworldly terms. It was almost interpreted by representatives of the church and priesthood and all of that kind of thing. But gradually that began to change and groups fragmented and clubs developed and people started interpreting scriptures and churches and broke away shifted. and rebellions happened. And, yeah, big power shifts, even like we've got all the royalty in Europe when the French Revolution happened and many revolutions, Russian Revolution, people were like going nuts. This is not this is not right. It's not mm. serving me. So then we have this age of science where everyone goes, hold on, maybe it's this way. So we all tip back this way. And this is something I love about the zeitgeist. It's like everyone goes, it's like this seesaw. Everyone goes, well, let's try this. And then everyone goes, oh, that's not working. Oh, this is the way. Oh, yeah, this is the way. I'm really thinking now, like, obviously the history that we go through is like through our lineage, which is white European history. And that's kind of the history that we were taught as kids as well. Now I'm just fascinated. Like, we know what the zeitgeist of of Europe was in the 1500s. I'm just so fascinated to know what the zeitgeist in in various parts of Africa were in the 1500s and in indigenous cultures. Amazonian tribes, yeah. Yes. Like, I want to know what they were thinking about at that point. They had a lot more consistent connection with nature and that's the thing. The one thing that's so remarkable about so many Indigenous cultures is that they do change and they do evolve but they don't tend to go through these massive because the one constant is nature and Mm. the cycles and the seasons. Like they work with the environment and their resources and they have an established understanding of power that supports the tribe. Otherwise everybody is in danger. So we're kind of like we've turned it upside down, Miss Jane, in a really weird way. And I think when we're talking in terms of scale as well, because this is all about scaling up, isn't Mm. it? So there's scaling from the individual to collective. But then if you want to think on time frame scale as well, again, the Australian Aboriginals, 65,000 years of continuous culture, like that's a whole other scale that we white Europeans just can't even get our heads around how a zeitgeist and how ideas and energy would move on such a big time frame. We're talking like a a couple of thousand years here, aren't we, in the little whistle-stop tour we're doing? Yeah, and we were really developing whole zeitgeists and communities based on gold, glory Mm. and God. Yeah, pretty narrow focus. Very third chakra kind of zeitgeist. (laughs) Yeah, third chakra. Yeah, we went from all this spirituality to science and studying Mm. ourselves scientifically, nature scientifically, and largely the spiritual picture came into question. And we can see in back in those times people felt powerful, but they also felt lost and uncertain, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. Like there was a deep existential anxiety that people began to observe, which kind of facilitated the dawning of our modern age, which we've yeah. talked about before. A lot of that carried over too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we ease the human insecurity by preoccupying ourselves with other goals like physical process and, and you know, shit. attaining, yep, our world and building with steel yeah, and yep. intellect and that whole industrial revolution concept of it was all about progress and productivity mm. and outcomes. I read a lot of people who work in corporate who are 
the people who bring their change makers. They go in, they do change policy and they do human relationships and resource movement, coaching and they're basically saying it has to be about the human mm. as well. It can't just be about the productivity. And, and mechanisation. Like there was this whole yes. thing where the factories got put above the people and it stopped being about humans and what they needed and about money and how we make it and who gets it and how we get more of it and how things get faster. And it kind of broke the world and broke us, didn't it? Yeah, but I think we're still doing it. Yeah, we're still doing it. I think it. we're still we're doing it. it. We've just disguised it mm. by now everyone has computer and an internet so you can pay your bills online at work in your lunch mm, hour but yeah. still it's there it's they just kind of worked around it I productivity think. yeah yeah yep. but it's still about progress in so many ways yeah yeah so what have we learned from these evolving states of being and how does it relate to energy and the things that we experience collectively what kind of happened was that all this mechanization and everything led to higher consumerism we become separated from nature we become separated from ourselves and what we've kind of learned is that it's left us with this void and we can either just keep creating all this stuff to try and fill that void or we can start to go hold on a minute there's something else now if that was just the quandary that would probably give us another decade to figure that out (laughs) But as this is so beautifully designed by divine design, we are not going to have another decade. It's like for so long it's felt like we've been hanging out on the beach and just having a good time and it's all been cocktails and like suntan lotion. But especially in terms of things like climate change, we know it's coming, but it's not close enough yet that we're still on the beach having cocktails. But it feels like in the last, in 2020, that like the change has Mm. come and maybe we don't change back. Like maybe this is the new paradigm now. You said it once before there's no returning to original programming and I don't think there is I don't know if we know the bumper sticker name of this phase yet and anyone out there in the woo-woo crew who wants to drop that in you know in a review what is it? I saw something the other day that 2020 is being managed by the same people who put on the fire oh, festival. Is that yes? <laughs> yeah. Well, we won't talk about how ironic it is that Donald Trump's presidency may be defined by a virus from China, if that's indeed where it came from, mm. and called after a Mexican beer. Mm. It's, mm. There's some things in there. Mm. But I think we're starting to pick up on the energies, aren't we? Yes. That, yes. That are so let's talk through. about that. Yeah. So this has, I think, been coming for a while because – If you go back and look at it, the pressure was cooking in our backyards. You know, the time and space we had for life, family, each other, the financial pressure, the health care system, education system, everything was almost no longer really serving us. It didn't serve the people at all. So I heard someone this school holidays say, it's broken, this system is broken. broken. Parents only get four weeks and we've got all these holidays and... How do we look after our children? Like how do we look after the next generation if we have to both go to work and we can't be there? And a system that's been set up that such a small amount of people benefit from, a tiny Mm. amount of people just Mm. have more money than we can possibly ever conceive of as just regular individual wage earners and so many people have little or nothing or like no food security or no health care. It was always, it's been broken for so long. Yeah, when so many people start to wake up and really find that unenjoyable and start to tap into something bigger in themselves, there's going to be a rustle through the energy field, right? And my favourite documentary on that is The Emperor's New Clothes by Russell Brand. And 
he talks about how the wealth could be redistributed in Britain and it is staggering. He goes into a primary school and he says to everyone, now, if I only gave you this percentage of the playground to this person and what all of you didn't get to play with it, what would you say to this person? And all the kids go, we'd ask you to share fairly. And so he divides the wealth of Britain up amongst this whole primary school and basically shows that if the top person from the Barclays Bank could suddenly share their wage with the person who was cleaning the windows, which is so disproportionate, that actually the whole of Britain could eat and look after themselves very, very comfortably. It's a great documentary, by the way. Go and get it. I feel like so much of the call of this time, so much of the energy of this time is the understanding that our past is shared, it always was, our future is shared, it always was. They've tried to hide it from us. They've tried to pretend that it's every man, woman and child for themselves, that you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, that every you're an entrepreneur, that poor people are just rich people who haven't yet like found their mm. their angle yet or like haven't had their success. Mm. We've been very divided and, and kept very busy so that we can't support each other. And in debt. And, and in sick. debt. <laughs> and in and like all kinds of debt, time debt, yeah. money debt, energy yeah. debt, love debt, connection debt. Yeah. And that all of that is going to crumble now and it's going to be clear that we have to come together the only the only way out is through and the only way through is together the truth is that it's going to propel us into a sense of returning back to our base ourselves our time alone our Mm. our tribe we're going to have to look around us and see who we can care for and how we can care for ourselves. I mean, I was saying to someone, it's it's almost ironic that we're going to be spending time on the couch at home, which so many of us pray for. Desperately want, yes. <laughs> and like, it's like, okay, well, now you've got time to meditate. Now you've got time yeah. to feel and think and create and look after your children and connect back with your partner and have those conversations. But equally, that's probably one of the most confronting things for our generation at the same time. Yeah. Do we even know how to do that? We've been kept busy and stressed and go, 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 go for so long that now that we have to slow down, I think it's going to be a radical relearning. Yeah. What What is that thing? Careful what you pray for? I think we need it. I think we want it, but we don't know how to do it. <laughs> and also, I think this is different for us too, because often we watch a group of people suffer. So we all send our hearts and prayers. Mm, yeah. Those people. people over there. Yeah. But this is all of us. This this yeah. virus is us against the virus, really. And yeah. what is the virus? Is it the fear? Is it the authoritarian power? Is it what is it? Is it the depletion of healthcare systems so that they they're no longer sustainable? Is it the us versus the government? Probably. Yes. And you know, it'll start with toilet paper and it'll go on to pasta, but then it might go on to ventilators and all sorts of things. And then what do we do when we start going into what is a collective spiritual transition? And during a spiritual transition, things are not always in our control. We often, there is loss, as we talked about in the story cycle last week. We lose things along the way and we're awakened because we're confronted. So what does it teach us? The value of human life, the value of connection. Maybe we really understand even the value of money again and food and air and water and the earth and getting outside. We've been taking all of these things for granted. granted. Or not seeing them at all. Mm, We have. We walk past them every day, don't we? It's like we know everything about everything except for where our food comes from. Mm. 
except for like the structures that actually hold up our society that keep some people above others. Like there are so many things that are hidden that will no longer be hidden as a result of this. It will all come out into the light. What we're learning is that, yes, it'd be lovely to think this is just a side hobby, being human, Mm. but it's actually not... It's not like, oh, we all get on with our little individual lives and then this is something we talk about out there. This is actually, we are the culture, the tribe that's being impacted and must evolve And think global, act local. It goes the other way as well. Like do do your local stuff but also go global. Like go big. Don't just think of yourself. Don't just think, yeah, of like you've got to heal yourself. You absolutely do. We've got to heal the world as well. Like all of this work we do on our healing ourselves, it has to have a bigger purpose. It can't just be us gazing at our own navels as much fun as that is. Yeah. We're being called. Like I think that's part of the zeitgeist at the moment is we are being called to action. I think... It makes sense. This is all unfolding. It's mm. all new. We like one of the big calls here is to be present day today because it's changing day today. Mm. It yeah. doesn't surprise me that as a society that have been told it's individual, every man for themselves vibe, that yeah. as we go into this, that is our programming, that's our conditioning, that's kind of where we started by hoarding toilet paper. I don't think it has to be where we end. I think that's the beginning point and we work through it and beyond it. And the real question we're being called to here again, this sense of, of shared past, shared future, always the way, but we're understanding it, is what do we owe to each other? And who do we want to be? Like I studied World War II at school Mm -hmm. and I think we all like to think that if we were living in Germany in 1945, we would have been Schindler. We would have been the one who was getting the Jewish people out who would, but would we have? The majority of Germans did not actually do that. They, the majority of, it's like the analogy they use that like, if you watch Star Wars, I know you think that you're the rebels, but the majority of people in the Star Wars world, they're all in the first order. They're all the stormtroopers, right? So we like to think that we're going Going to be, yes. and I think we can be, but yeah. but maybe we don't start there. It takes a lot of courage, though. It takes a lot of courage. There's been times when during this period, I have mentioned to certain friends and to certain people, listen, the numbers don't add up for me. There's something, and you know, there are people who have been writing about this, as I've said, for ten years, who said it will change financial structures. It this is a very scary time, not just because of a virus that we don't understand, but because as the structures break down, as human rights and borders start getting restricted and movement starts getting restricted, these are actually massive things. Imagine if like when the Berlin Wall went up overnight and everyone's yeah, movement and was restricted. Sudden, right? Yeah. That's a, we were like, oh my God, that's a violation of human rights. So this is for our safety and the safety of the herd, but it also changes what we're allowing people to do. And that does concern me a little bit. And when I spoke to people and said, listen, I do think you want to take this quite seriously, it was met with different frequencies. Some people were like, oh, I don't want to be hysterical. I'm just going ahead anyway. And other people were like, oh, my goodness. And I went, let's not be afraid. But it's interesting when you meet just in your group of people how brave you have to be to speak up about the what's going on. And people haven't wanted to be hysterical. Yeah. And that's why it's been a bit slower in countries. And change is really hard. As humans, mm. we love a bit of consistency. We love a bit mm. of routine. We like a day that basically looked like the day before. We're mm. really comfortable in that. The day that we wake up and the borders are closed and it's radically different, we're not good at that. <laughs> like mm. that's, change management is a whole section in business 
businesses and I've done a bit of change management kind of structure in my time and it's shit. People hate to change. And the other thing people find really difficult is to imagine, and this is really hard and I get it because it really stresses people's sense of safety, but to imagine that the people who are governing them may not also equally have it all together and be able to sort it all. Clearly, Scotty from marketing. It is hard because I I really want to invest and believe in what we've been told, but I do still look at everything and go, hmm, okay, I'm just going to be the devil's advocate there and have a look at why you might be doing that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I don't think being a sheep all the time serves us. I don't think we should get crazy, but not being a sheep is not a bad thing. But I think the other thing that really stresses people is if we were to imagine that there are a group of people sitting around a table at the moment who don't really know what to do about the social and economic collapse and how they're going to deal with casual workers not having any income and people with mortgages and children being home and then not being able to go to work. What do we do about that? How do we share the public money? And what is even scarier to consider is that there are people who might be benefiting from this very experience and that's going to really determine the zeitgeist of our time around trust. Can we trust? Who do we trust? How can we trust? What do we trust in this time? And trust and hope are so important in this time and they're so difficult to find. But descent into panic doesn't help anyone. No. Um, no. I think you're right. Having your critical thinking mm. head on is really important as well. And and like feeling your way through it, everybody mm. feeling their own way through it. Everybody's circumstances are different. For me, I'm young. I mm. am reasonably healthy. I'm okay. I'm reasonably young. Um, I'm reasonably <laughs> healthy. In terms of the virus itself, I don't think that's going to be my personal issue but it's in terms more of housing and accommodation and where I live and again because I have this itinerant lifestyle that has just ground to a halt we've all got our own perspectives on what's and you know obviously my loved ones being okay we've all got our different challenges here we get to think our way through it we get to trust our way through it and I think one of the important things and it's a bit of a mask analogy that seems to work quite well at the moment is put your mask on, like put your mask Mm. on, but don't forget that after you get your mask on, that's when you help everybody else get their mask on. Like that's the call to collective. And the collective is stronger than Corona. Yeah. Hashtag. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the great thing. There are lots of hashtags out of this. We're all in this together. We've got whole squad vibrating higher. Mm -hmm. You know, we're stronger than Corona. Together we rise. I think those things are really important because what they're doing is like what we talked about in the last episode, which is they're feeding the story. They're feeding the outcome that we want and we're speaking it into existence. Have you ever seen a disaster movie? Have you ever seen an apocalyptic end of the world movie where it's not that everybody goes and fights each other for the last scrap of food? Have you ever seen anything where it's like, we all came together and started the commune at the end of the world? Like, I can't think of a single one. I know all all of the we fought each other to the death, but none of the we launched a glorious new future. Someone asked me that the other day and I said, well, I like to think that Avatar might be No, and this is why I think story, as we were talking about last time, is so important because it's almost like what has happened in the last 20 years since the 80s when the consumerism was majorly high, we kind of kept going with technological advancement and we've still been consuming. Who are we kidding? But at the same time, because we were so full in a way, what we've been doing is practising all these energetic 
processes and we've been looking at ourselves psychologically and feeling a little bit more emotionally. And so now it's like, okay, now you really need to use that. You need to come back to the fact that it might, your survival might pend on it. Yes. The harmony of your planet might pend on it. So it's not any longer just something that we can just go, well, that's fun. Isn't it nice? Doesn't it feel good? It's actually, I think it's starting to drive. Critical. Towards a critical mass, a critical mm. tipping point. Which tipping is, points, because that's what the zeitgeist mm, is. It's to, that's internally, what it's, about. it's tipping yeah. points inside of us. The energy work we yeah. do, and on a mass scale, it's tipping points outside of us as well, isn't it? Global tipping points. Yeah, these historical momentums that will create, I guess, the next grand design mm. in a way. I really like the idea of like which came first. This time that we're in and this collective unconscious and this need to have deeper understanding and come together to fight against an existential dread or Harry Potter. Mm. Well, that's why we are so lucky. Like they both turned up at the same time. Chicken, egg, did the art make the culture or did the culture make the art? I just love this story. I love that book. I love J.K. Rowling. I think the whole way it was created that she was a product of being a single mother as she describes herself in in terms of Britain she uh, was basically pretty much in poverty as you can get and she was the person that created the way through so many struggles really I mean and she worked in human rights and that's where everything in Harry Potter came from was the deep work she'd done with repressed people and tortured people and people who lived through human rights abuses and then that was the book that went on to be this guiding star for people who believe in equality and coming together and using our individual magic to save the world and that is everything Mm. we've been talking about someone who can get to a point where they can see the pattern of one mm. thing and put it into a story that teaches a whole generation. So generally the Harry Potter generation are between 1981 and 1996, although I completely include myself in that, but I'm probably like a big sister, to be honest. Cool aunt. Yeah, cool aunt. But they're known as millennials and hello out there, we love you. The messages they have been given in that story are that you're never too old or young to do what you need to do. Family is more mm-hmm. than blood. Mm-hmm. You can change the yeah. world. Bad things don't necessarily mean that good things then yep. won't follow. There may be a calling and it might take you a while to yep. get used to it, but yep. you'll step into it. You'll get what you need. There's always light in the darkness. You know, there's mentors and guides. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with it. Yes. No one should ever have to live <laughs> yes. in a closet. That's one of my favourite. Yes. The last book in the series doesn't always mean the story's over, let's face that. And muggles are muggles and muggles will do what muggles do. Yeah, muggles are always going to muggle. There will always be muggles. And laughter is vital in the dark Mm. times. The other thing she talks about is that lies create great weakness Mm. and they're sort of a poison in doing this whole thing, like not truth telling. Yeah, because in the world of Harry Potter, in in terms of lying, there's collective lies being told. Voldemort is not back. He's like, yes. oh, the the breakout of at Azkaban never happened. Sirius Black is the, yeah. is actually the bad guy. Like, and that's something we're living through yeah. at the moment yeah. when we talk about this being a post truth yes. era. We are confused and we don't know where to go for the truth. And I think we've talked about that before. That it, it does come from by the way it feels. And it does require that connection Mm. within to figure that out. The millennials are so cool because they call a spade a spade. Like if they don't like something or it's not, you know, really 
floating there, but I don't know if I'm a millennial or a Gen X. I was born in 1980, and I feel like I'm very much on the cusp. You're a cusp. I'm Gen I'm X. Gen X, but I oh, love yeah, millennials. But they have different expectations, you know. Like it's not that they want to conquer. They just don't believe in a lot mm. of limits. So we're probably going to really need that generation to help us move past what we've been stuck in. The other thing that I find, especially with the Harry Potter generation, is you say, oh, it's going to require a bit of magic to get through that, right? It's going to, we're going to have to use our energy. We're going to have to, if they don't even question it, they're like, yep, okay, let's meditate. Yeah, they're just like, yep, got my wand on me. Let's roll. Yes, I've got my wand. I know which house I belong to. Right, let's go get that out. Let's, you know? Yeah, right. Let's talk about what it looks and feels like when the collective levels up and when the earth levels up. So we've talked about it a lot mm. in our individual experiences of what it means to like have a soul awakening mm. and do this work and come into yourself. What happens mm. on the macro? Well, Malcolm Gladwell is the man to head towards for this. Because he wrote the tipping, the tipping point. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he really talks about the concept of ideas spreading like epidemics. So this is all in the same mm. boat here. It's like how does that happen? How does an idea reach a tipping point? And what is it? Does he say in that that it's if 10% of the population agrees with the idea or supports the idea, that's when the tipping point hits? That's when it spreads. But they have to be particular kinds of people. Okay, so they have to be like people who will spread the word, who've got the network going on, the mavens, the salesmen, the connectors. Can't just keep it to yourself that you believe in the idea. Yeah. Yeah. He also talks about the idea of stickiness. It's got to be sticky. It's got to feel like it means something to this generation. I think what will happen in our zeitgeist is that when, like the 2040 film, we can get something where the idea of what we need to do comes together with what excites us and delights us and we can go, I think we can do it or I'm I'm part of it. Mm. I mean, sometimes when the zeitgeist comes together, it's flower power and sometimes when the zeitgeist comes together, it's a French Revolution and heads will roll. Who knows what it's going to be this time around? I guess what's just tough to see. Well, if history and art movements tell us anything, it's probably going to be a bit of both. Lizzo's going to be there in her sequence. Oh, my God. Lizzo will deliver us. Right. Also with a revolution going on in the background. So we really need to be careful that what we're finding stickiness with is real and that it is working with us because we are being manipulated amongst this. Whether it's intentional or unintentional, I guess what we're kind of working through here is that it's really important that we choose where this is going. It's not happening to us. We're happening to it. Yeah. And also there is this collective unconsciousness. There is the life of ideas. They do come and go. There is a spirit of the age. Mm. But there is also corporations with agendas mm. and politicians with agendas and an attempt to shift humanity and in, in various directions as well. So it is a tough time to know what yes. is the genuine truth and what is the genuine way that we're going Where is the tipping point we're reaching? And sometimes those companies get it wrong. Do you remember the Kendall Jenner Pepsi scandal? (laughs) Oh, my God. I do hope everybody got fired who'd worked on that. They didn't really think, did they? (laughs) Well, you know what? I think they think they did. Yeah. Yeah, they thought they were nailing the zeitgeist, right? They were like, yeah, hashtag Black Lives Matter. We can show that we are down with the kids. No. I find those little crossover moments or exposure moments really interesting because somebody thinks they've got mm. it. They think they've, they've nailed it and then 
they just don't got it. And then other people like Greta Thunberg, I don't think she was trying to start a revolution. She just was like just taking Fridays off school and protesting and then she just happened to nail a zeitgeist. Like then she was the spirit of the age and then got elevated as a result of that. And now everyone's got that picture of her and go, is she a time traveller from another zeitgeist? I'm like, well, it's possible. Yeah, I'm going to say yes, like obviously. Can she just travel back into the future and get rid of fossil fuels? God, that's how you should be spending your time. Do you ever think, though, she gets sick of being on a catamaran? Oh, good book, you know, some snacks. I was thinking the other day, I love you, but if you wanted to catch one plane, I would understand. Let you have it. Because I I have to say, being on a few catamarans. Not not that much fun. So I'm really interested in this idea of how it goes and what is the direction it flows in. So is it always Mm. us doing our individual work and then flowing up into the collective and the macro, micro goes macro, or does it go the both ways as well, that the macro shifts and moves and that flows down into us and that allows us to change individually and to level up? Well, if nature tells us everything that we need to know about what's Mm. going on here, is it that the weather changes so some part of an animal evolves or is it that the animal was evolving and then it just so happens that the weather also Mm. then contributes to that? It is tricky and I can hear that in my dad's work with the bees. Like there is so many things that are changing, like the seasons are slightly changing in terms of the timing. And even now if you get online you can read that the actual point of north has been moving. They've had to move airplane strips and stuff to actually move with the navigation systems changing. It has been freaking birds out as well as probably a bit of 5G in there, but um, we're man-made and nature-made. It's all happening at once. We know that fluxes with the sun change, like the solar flares, the atmospheric changes. There's been a lot of crosswinds Mm. recently Mm. in the atmosphere. Change us. NASA put out a report, I think it was only two years ago, that said, yes, we can kind of say if there's a big solar flare, it changes people's heart rhythm. Yeah, right. Shamanic people have known this forever. Like they go, oh, look, if there's a solar flare, we're probably going to get an earthquake or a volcano or we've kind of known that. So I'm an avid watcher of space weather news because I'm like, okay, what's going on up there as in above is below? Above is a strong, strong Mm. force. I do think that's where the major forces come from. Yeah, okay. This is such a midnight with a joint conversation. But let's get into it even though there is no joint and it's not midnight. <laughs> and we're t- I've just got my tea. I definitely think which one comes first? I'm going to say probably all that collective frequency yeah, shift. Yeah. I just don't think frequency yeah, stays the same. Yeah. I think if you had a human and you just put them in the earth and just moved it through the energy earth frequency, you would see the frequency of the earth change. And I think that's actually been documented and scientifically analysed, that we are going up into a range of frequencies. So we are moving into from 4 hertz or 400 Mm -hmm. hertz or whatever to the range of 5, which is interesting because we're doing that with the phones as well. But that is where we open up all these upper chakras and we all connect in and get juicy with each other and prayer becomes stronger and quicker and thought... So, yeah, I think it's a relationship, but I definitely think it probably comes from a... An awakening force. I also wonder in terms of the change in social mm. dialogue, for example, the, the gender that you were talking about and how forms now don't just have two genders to choose from or one pronoun or whatever to choose from. You get to state your own. Mm. 
Which which mm. way does that go? Has that been individually people taking it up, changing themselves and taking it up? Oh, or does it go both question. ways as well, that the spirit of the age comes along and the dialogue happens and then it filters down to forms and conversations around the dinner table with your parents who have maybe never thought about the issue of gender? It's interesting just even in my family, my children will ask who they're allowed to marry mm. or can I marry him, can I marry her? I mean, you can marry anyone as long as they're not family. That's our rule. Good rule. Right. They're going to grow up without a single question about who yeah, they bring home, yeah, yeah, yeah. why. As long as you love them and as long as you're happy, then you can marry anyone but you cannot marry your family. Or the same person twice, honestly. If it's done, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a whole generation that now grow up maybe – in a whole wave of difference. So they're going to carry that on and then what does that evolve to? Yeah, and then where do we go mm. after that? Like if it is this constant levelling up and opening up because I feel like that is really one of the spirits of this age is equality, equality across the spectrum, not just equality in yeah. sexuality and gender and race but equality of all human beings being seen as worthy and valuable and able to come together on a level playing field or the call for that to happen, working towards that to happen. Yeah, so how does all this change move through the collective? You're right. Well, it has us questioning things, right? It has us defining things. And its culture is kind of like a wind. It kind of blows through and it can't always be seen and felt straight away but then it gets stronger and when it blows in your direction it picks up your sails and you become part of it I guess so if none of this is touching you yet you're probably like what the hell are they talking about but then maybe if you're sitting with someone or it affects your house or you can't get the apples you always like there you go the winds touched you right so the challenging part of transformation is that as human beings, and this is going back to the Celestine prophecy, he talks about the fact that we're going to have to get her through a few things to get these changes mm-hmm. happening. So it's all wonderful that we've got this equality energy moving through. Then you've got the question of equity because equity isn't equality, right? So we're all equal, but our, is our circumstance and base yeah. Yeah. equal or should we make it yeah. more equitable so that someone can be yeah, more yeah, equal? Yeah, oh. yeah. You know, so but that would require us to understand that we have struggles with power within our human consciousness where we haven't been able to always share and have a global mind. So then we have to go, Whoa, that's the next phase of evolution is that we're all unique and different and special. And then we have to kind of work through all the things we haven't resolved from previous mm. journeys, like the struggles for power, how we divide resources, geography, which is you can see those things everywhere on our planet. So we have to develop a new ethic, really, to cater for our new zeitgeist. Let's tap into that a bit. What do we see happening? And what is the call to move forward and evolve in this period? I think it's going to start more and more personally and it's going to probably equally affect us as a global community. But personally, I think people are going to feel more drawn to nature. Mm -hmm. They're going to feel increased intuition Mm -hmm. and empathy. These are like signs of spiritual Mm -hmm. awakening. Desires for united community, seeing the problem and 
aching for solutions, more increased desire for inner peace and balance. And navigating crisis. Yes. yes, The truth, I was going to say also the hidden becoming seen. Yes. And that can be personally and then... Globally. Yeah. And so personally, I think it will be that we all start to become a bit more sensitive. We have shifts in values. You know, you can see sleep changes, food changes. There can be this deep desire to not want to do harm or just want to stop and breathe before you make decisions. The desire to speak up as well, I think. Yeah. You start to feel this pump realigning, Mm. I guess. But then in the bigger macro, as you said, I think there is probably going to be a lot of veils lifted. Because how can we solve this problem or know it's not just a hobby of wellness? We're not just wellness curious (laughs) here for no reason anymore. There is actually a bigger calling for this. and We have purpose and goal, yes. And then yeah. how can we do that peacefully mm. yet create a revolution? Is it possible? Is this the stuff that Gandhi and other great teachers that had come already were trying to say, which is, okay, let's use our consciousness, let's mm. use our prayer, let's use collective mind, is it going to get to a point that it's so restricted, so hot, whatever, that we can't leave the house and we just all got to damn yeah, meditate and gosh. pray for rain? Or and- is it like, and is it peaceful revolution or is it more Boudicca and it's like, let's just take on the Roman Empire and we'll just burn it to the ground? Like That's that's probably going to be our mm, choice collectively, mm-hmm. yeah. don't you think? Like I don't think that's yeah, been decided. I think it still could I, go either way. I can't feel a decision. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing that's working? What are we doing that's not? Well, I think we're levelling up. I think we are levelling up. I do think there are changes. I mean, when you sit down with a group of parents and people say, how are you going to define your sexuality to your child, your children? Are you homosexual, heterosexual, pansexual? Are you even going to talk about these things? I go, wow, we're changing. I've been speaking to a lot of younger people, like 13, 14, 15, all of them consider themselves pansexual. They Ooh, do, love and it. that's oh that's God. not a question. They're like, I am with a girl at the moment, mm-hmm. and there's no real definition in their head that heterosexual exists. It, it's just never existed in their generation. Yeah, that wasn't talked about when I was a kid. It was like gay, bad, straight, good, the end. Next. Yeah, and that was not that long ago. That was 25 yeah, years well, ago that that conversation was the conversation, right? So now we're looking back at changing concepts that we didn't know about so we get to re-choose how we're going to define it. So we are mm. levelling up. We are levelling up. I think we're certainly talking up. Yeah. Like we may not have solved it yet but we're like talking about it, which mm. I think is the first step to where we've acknowledged a lot of problems yeah. and a lot that have been going on forever and the people who have been suffering under these issues haven't been allowed to speak up and now they are and that's how a zeitgeist gets moved. And that is the great thing about social media and this platform. And the the talking is great because you have to talk the problems into Mm. being so you can solve them. And I think we're feeling more. I think we are. And I think we're dealing with our feelings more and not just like cutting them off and hiding them in a box. What's that thing that they were talking about where, like, people who talk about the First World War who were in the First World War kind of talk about it as, like, some of the men who were in it as, like, the best days of my life? That's not done anymore. Like, we acknowledge, oh, no, that was really that was really traumatic yeah. and I have PTSD now. Like, you can actually talk about that kind of stuff these days. Yeah. And I think even though parents are struggling, you know, because it's a difficult challenge being conscious and parenting, I think people are talking about parenting more, their impact, 
what they really want to try to give the next generation. Even things like discussion of of consent and sexual assault and Me Too and all of that. And this concept of the female rising is amazing because it's actually been also coming for a long time as well. About 10,000 years of the patriarchy, (laughs) would you say, roughly? We're clocking in around this point. My goodness, it has been that long, hasn't it? burns to the ground? (laughs) Although I read, oh, my God, I read the most depressing study today that they... Because everything we're talking about is real, but we also live in a bubble and mm, we live in a certain place at a certain mm, time where these conversations are had. So this was a, um, mm. a worldwide study, granted it was 2014, 2015, mm. of gender attitudes around the world and 90% of people, men and women around the world, hold prejudices against women as being less than men. And I was like, Ugh. <sighs> <sighs> Well, in good news... In a lot of spiritual <laughs> shamanic scriptures, that is not the case. The Magdalena right. is rising and it's the theory that actually Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene had a child, Sarah, and that from that energy and frequency, the Magdalena frequency, the frequency of the divine woman who was not afraid of her sexual energy and sexual power and spiritual power has the capacity to rise. And There are many Magdalenas out there. I saw Brene Brown the other day hosting her own online church during lockdown and I was like, go Magdalenas. Look, with everything we know about how it actually works with the woman doing all the work and the man getting all the credit, it was probably Mary all along, let's be (laughs) honest. And Jesus was just like hanging around, got the credit. She's like the woman standing behind helping. She's She's like leaning over going... Do you do you think you should go over there and do a little bit of a chat about the? <laughs> and she's probably at the back going loaves and fishes, loaves and fishes. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's very possible. Well, you know what? The Dalai Lama even said the Western world will be saved by a woman. More emotional labour we have to do. Barack Obama the other day said, "Give women the world for several years. Let's see what they can do with it. We've stuffed it up enough." I love that stuff. That is happening, but that is very threatening to a lot of people yeah. and it's equally confusing to a lot of men who are like, I love women but I don't really know how I fit in, how I can. Yeah, so, you know, bless them yeah. for trying. I really, really, really appreciate every man who is trying to work with us on this because we need you as allies to help change this and that will be a world that I'll be really happy to live in. I think that is coming but, wow, there are some really, really harsh and violent facts around the backlash around that, which really does still yeah. scare me. And they're even talking about the there's going to be a marked effect on domestic violence against women mm. as a result of the coronavirus. And I can people feel being that. confined mm. and inside and they're also being children and Well, a lot of men don't spend time with their children, confined yeah. with their women. A lot of women say to me, I get my husband out. And I deal with the children, oh right? So the sound, yeah. a lot of men go to work and they, they think that's really hard. I always say whoever stays home with the children has the hardest job. So if you're a man out there with the children at home, you definitely have the hardest job in the family. The raising of children has an incredible pressure on it emotionally, mentally and psychologically, spiritually. And at the end of a day, that is what creates that pressure cooker a lot in a marriage and it's really, really difficult and men can't manage it. There's a lack of coping and then they take it out on everyone. If they can't take it out on a child, they often take it out on the female. So I can imagine 
people will be freaking out about that. And and this is rebuilding society. At the moment, we have a society that doesn't support women to leave mm. abusive relationships. Mm. Everything is up for grabs now. Our healthcare has to change. Our the way mm. we do business has to change. The way we support our citizens and universal income and the way we support women in violent situations, it all has to change and it is in our faces right now. We can no longer look away. I guess that's something really important to say, that if there is someone out there that you know or you are a woman in that situation and it's really difficult to put your hand up and say this is a volatile experience and we're going to be inside, I wonder if there is a way that we can encourage people to support each other through that. It's not my area of expertise. Yeah, I don't know, but God, I hope so. It's really hard. Those days where everyone is angry and everyone is irritable and you're all in a confined space and somebody does have a rage addiction cycle, that is a very challenging thing. So, you know, it's not just this damn virus. It's everything that comes to play with it. It's interesting though, isn't it, that as the female energy rises on our planet, we're also seeing our youth and young people and many people in a generation want to become more binary. So we are becoming more unified within us and also externally on the planet as well. Slowly, slowly. And maybe it's that we're not doing any of it mega, mega, mega well. Yeah, like we're trying. We're on our way. We're trying. And I don't think you can put the genie back in the bottle on all of this stuff as well. I don't think it can all, all the implicit can be hidden again. I think it will always be seen from now on. Yeah. I think we're spiritually wakeful. I hope so. Bloody hell, I hope so. Okay, so so that's the stuff we're doing well. (laughs) What's our report card? What are we not doing well on? Besides, like, large-scale political change. Aside from that, from the fact that we're all (laughs) voting really badly. Yeah, well, we need to vote, don't we? We need to enroll to vote and, yeah, love. Yeah. (laughs) People who talk about love and equality. We could be doing a bit better with love. I think, you know, like, when we talk about what we're doing really well, I think we're trying to, from a chakra perspective, I think we're really trying to get all these chakras Mm. open. And what we're not necessarily always doing well is translating that to these other bigger areas so we might be yeah we might be getting things sorted in the house tinging the the gong and doing all of that but when we go outside I think we still feel a bit disempowered or we don't really know what to do about that and I think that's where collectively chatting about how we can get movements and also getting behind people. I think the big thing is we can't Mm. be lazy we can't be complacent someone else isn't going to fix this yeah and there are people standing up with solutions and we need to give them our prayer and energy and attention. Like we need to help these farmers, not for someone to come and buy their farm for $150,000 and then sell us back food that, you know, costs seven times the amount. We actually need to go, no, this 17th generation farmer needs to stay on his land and we need to get him water and let's help them so that we can all... Win. And hold those people who aren't providing solutions and aren't moving us forward, hold them accountable and take their jobs away from them. Take their jobs away from them and give them to people who will bring us forward. Yep, and join the dots. Don't just read one newspaper. Join the dots. If you're reading about a certain area in the world, read one newspaper that's coming from one aspect. Read another area of the world's news as well. You'll get two completely mm. opposing views, but you'll probably find something that meets yeah. in the middle. It's gathering the information and then choosing the way you're going to act on it. On a personal level, you were talking about how people have anxiety mm. about this stuff. And I think it's really important to acknowledge it's that that is so, so real. real. 
But instead of going into a dark place for too long, it is to come back to all this stuff that yeah. we've been talking about. Like that there are solutions. Elevation of spirit, prayer, breathing, meditation, yoga, and then say, what can I go and do to be yeah. part of the yeah. community? I think it's meant to activate yeah. us yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever been through a revolution yourself in like a workplace or a decade or have you ever felt this before? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know, the 90s? Lived through that. That felt like it was shaking some things up. Yeah, Nirvana. but maybe that was more musically. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that was not on the level of saving the world. Maybe that was more on the level of pop music shouldn't be the only thing that gets played on the radio. <laughs> it was about disconnecting from society. How about you? I remember when the Berlin Wall came down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was a bit young for that. Yeah, and when I actually got to visit that border because I stayed in East Berlin, which you were never allowed to before, it was really big for me. I remember that really hitting yeah. home, watching those yeah. documentaries and that overnight that yeah. wall was built. Families and people were divided and overnight then the wall fell. came down and there's this amazing footage of this woman who they say you can go and her son was on the other side and she walks towards the line and she's allowed yeah. to go through the gate and she yeah. can't go. She just can't go and some this guard escorts yeah. her through the gate and she but she just cries the whole way she's so afraid and, hard. and I was like wow revolution is big if you want to get inspired watch people tear down that wall climb yeah. on it and yeah. hack away at it because it's really inspiring that's the thing I remember and that was that was the people the people brought that wall down that was a movement of the people. That was a peaceful, yeah. peaceful movement of the people that brought that wall down. It is inspiring. And you've lived in Germany. Does that still inspire generations? You've felt the effect of that? Oh, God, oh we can't. It's very complicated. It's still a very complicated situation there because it is recent history and it was divided for so long. Yes, and it's been it down, is. I think, less time than it was divided. Yeah. Right. So, But in terms yes, of how it actually felt, I think that doesn't it provide us with inspiration for how we could peacefully, the people could rise up and change things that even six months before that wall fell, nobody thought that wall was going to fall. Nobody, nobody thought falling. it would fall. No, yeah. no. And I think, you know, here at the Woo Woo Verse, I think both of us are really passionate. If you are fighting the good fight, getting up every day, we salute you know, you. you may be living in a part of the world that, you're not welcome. The repression is meeting you. The, your values are not being loved and secured and met. There is a way. Where there's a yeah. will, there's a way. Hopefully it's a peaceful and loving and joyful journey. Or burn it all to the ground, whatever. It's like you can, it can go either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully the journey is safe and positive. Um, but we, you know, that's not actually a laughing matter. Yeah, we, we salute do. you. And I I think this is about collective mm. prayers and intention. Mm. It's not to scare or shake everyone up. or But it, those books we've mentioned in this podcast are really powerful books to go back and yep. look at and to gather information mm. if you're interested in yeah. this higher vision of the world. Mm. All of this is so important. It's all so big. How do we navigate it like today? Because this is the call, right? We can't really plan the future anymore. My brother has cancelled his wedding. I mean, okay, he hasn't cancelled the wedding. They're still in love. They're not breaking up. Um, but <laughs> their wedding has been at least postponed. Uh, it was meant to be in August. Love will not be cancelled, <laughs> yeah, Love is not cancelled. Love is not cancelled. Yeah, yeah. partnership is not cancelled. Mm. I was meant to be doing a retreat in Greece in June. That has definitely been cancelled, even though yoga still exists. One of the calls is 
it's day by day, it's in the present moment, we can't look too far ahead. How do we navigate it? I think it's about creating an internal balance. So whatever that is for you, walking around the house, scheduling yes. yoga, walking internal around the block. balance. Yeah, you can still, well, in some countries you can, other yeah, countries you yeah. can't. But I think it is creating that body, mind, spirit balance throughout the day. What's my mind need today? What's my body need? What does my spirit need? You know, how can I connect? Maybe finding a way to connect or create. That's a really powerful thing. It's going to be innovation that really helps us through this. So I saw people in different countries creating chat rooms for people to meet randomly and play cards together. That's awesome. Laughter. Having fun. There's like, I've seen some great videos out of Italy where people are like doing hilarious videos mm. around the house of really fun stuff. Yeah, you can, there is a lot of terror, but you can still have a lot of fun. Like you are, you still have permission to enjoy yourself, to have fun. Maybe not all the day. Maybe there's only 10 minutes where you feel enough joy mm. that you can express it, but go right ahead and express it. And the other thing I think is, it's, I just realised it's kind of like force for Varshna, but um, <laughs> in some ways <laughs> it is, isn't it? We're also looking at, the spiritual aspect of this revolution, and that is meditation and prayer and sending your collective prayer out, which we are going to put at the end of this as the universal treasure test. Yes, we are. And I think the other thing is gratitude. Our elders were called to war or people had to hide in cupboards. I was watching a full-on documentary about a woman in Africa who had to hide in a bathroom the size of a cupboard for three days because the the Tutsi were going through with the machetes. In Rwanda. Uh, Yep, and let's be grateful for what is – there are no bombs on us at this time, even though in some places in the world we pray that that stops while we deal with this, Mm. and that we are not – We've been asked to sit on our couch to help the herd. Yeah. And I, I think don't we've want got to be dismissive, though. I know I've seen that meme going around that's like your grandparents were called to wall, you're called to mm. sit on the couch. Actually, a lot of people are going to be called to lose their jobs and lose all their money and, and live in deep insecurity. So I don't want to dismiss what everybody's going through at the moment, but I do yeah. also really want to acknowledge that humanity has stood up and faced this big things in the past and we can do it again. We can, we can and there will be a renaissance. Even yeah. if something stops for a while and mortgages go on hold and yeah. schools can't operate and yeah. our society will rebirth from this. They will yeah. recreate. There will be a renaissance and that's what we want to think about. Yep. I want to give thanks to the healthcare workers and those on the front line thank who, you. Are, thank you. Last, thank who you. are sitting in the balanced decision oh. about how much they give and at this minute, that oath, that Hippocratic oath that they have taken is calling their soul. And I am here as a spiritual person, but to be on that front line and to ask, do I go to work today, potentially saving 10 people? It's a whole other thing. Please, can we all just take a moment to pray for them? Because that's important. My mother is a nurse. So whenever I meet anybody who identifies as a nurse my whole life, I always said, thank you for your service. Mm. So no, people say that to like people in the army. And I have always thought that wasn't enough that we need to say it to more people, Mm. especially to the Mm. nurses and the doctors. So to all the nurses and the doctors, Mm. thank you for your service. Thank you. And if we we are in a society that starts to get a bit intense, like not everyone's going to have this, right? People are going to be like, oh, it's not even hitting here. I just spoke to a friend in Bali, in the middle of Bali, and she's like, yeah, I don't know. Margarita o'clock. Yeah. But if you are in a space where in your community things are getting out of control around food and water and weapons and rage... 
let's innovatively online try and come up with a way that we can send some kind of signal that we do not want that, whether it's towels with writing over the balcony or whatever it is. And in regards to our bigger political powers, if we don't agree with something that's been put in place, let's stand up and say no if we feel like it's taking its liberty upon us. Mm. And, you know, that might be taking some money out of the bank so that you have it in cash for you if you need it. Like it's give, empowering yourself in ways yep. that you're not at the mercy of the system. What are our takeaways from today? Well, let's take away the fact that we've been, humans have been on this planet for a really long time. <laughs> And we have lived through some pretty crazy yes. shit, yeah, yep. haven't we? You know, okay, the dinosaurs didn't make it, but we did. So you know, we're doing all right. But we did doing all right. Yeah. And so, if we can get through a lot of stuff, I think we can do this. But I think we just got to use the best yeah, parts yep. of ourselves and come together yep. somehow. Yep. And that the yeah. I, I, the other takeaway I think from today is that there are internal journeys and there are external journeys, and they support each other. And mm. you can do work on an individual level mm. and on a collective level, and live in both of those worlds at the same time, and see yourself as the collective and the individual, and take power from that. And that we don't have all the answers yet, but the confusion yep. is normal and that there are waves of change coming through yeah. in your frequency. So if you're feeling like I just don't feel myself today or I'm tired or I feel like I'm in my heart or I want to cry and now I'm feeling angry, that's part yep. of the growth of the internal journey, which is why we wanted to do this podcast. And then there will be times where that happens with the collective. The collective will get angry. The collective will grieve. But it's part of a journey. We're It's part of this story. We're learning that as we speak and as we create, we are bringing it into existence and we can either see it as a martial law kind of experience where people need to be restrained and food dispersed and social order breaks down or we can break that down and go, I'm going to sing from my balcony. I'm going to do an exercise class in Madrid to all the people in the complex or I'm going to make sure my elderly neighbour has a note in their thing with my phone number. Like there are ways we can change this story and I hope that we're building a zeitgeist that our children are going to go on and go, my mum and dad sang and danced and meditated and we really vibed up the energy and we did Skype Lego competitions and we did all this stuff and it was kind of like we moved our way through it in faith. Yeah, and because, yeah. you, you know, my dad's a real history buff and he watches all those movies in black and white with people going to war and I watch mm. them and I think, oh, my goodness, that was such a very bleak time in humanity. Yeah. But imagine if we all prayed and used our human consciousness through this and the revolution was spiritual. Imagine if that was what this was meant to be. And imagine if we all finally had the time and the space and we were out of the daily grind and we were no longer just shattered by the difficulties of modern life and we actually had the time and the space and the collective to imagine what comes next. And what would we do if we pushed reset and the immunity of our tribe grew and imagine the amount of host babies that are going to come from this that then evolve the society. I think everyone's just going to be knocking each other up uh, as we're all stuck inside? I think there's going to be a little bit of that kind of stuff happening. <laughs> Nobody's hoarding condoms, are they? So maybe that's the case. Oh, my gosh. No, they aren't. But I saw a meme the other day that said, 2020 flirting, I can't wait to be quarantined with you. <laughs> and I thought, make sure you enjoy where you are. That is 
energy, right? If we imagine if we see it as a transitional time, creatives got more creative, people did their gardens, it would be a completely different experience. It's almost like a revolution that's followed by a renaissance. And yeah, I think that would be kind of interesting. Other things I learnt today, Harry Potter, read it again, good book. Yeah, and that I wanted to be a millennial but I'm a Gen Xer who's looking. I don't think I'm quite, I'm not a boomer. Oh, you are not a boomer. Am I a boomer? No, I'm not a boomer. Oh, good Lord, you're not a boomer. No, (laughs) no, 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 no. I mean, neither of us are Gen Y either. (laughs) I have gone back into the chunky sandal. I mentioned that and I'm really embracing it. Like neither of us are a Gen Z. I think we need to be clear about that. But no, we're not boomers. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm probably just likely to go and wear flannel and listen yeah. to rock music and drink right. beer somewhere right. more than anything. But every everything has had its place and I reckon we can yeah. get through this. Yeah, I, I, yeah. In Germany you say press your thumbs. I press my thumbs on that one that we can get through this. Really? What does that mean? Oh, it's like you do that instead of crossing your fingers. It's actually really smart because think about it. In Australia when you cross your fingers it's both telling the truth Or like hoping for something and telling a lie. So in Germany, crossing your fingers is the telling the lie and pressing the thumbs is the hoping for something. See, the Germans, zeitgeist, thumb pressing. They've got their shit together, walls coming down. Oh, my God, I learned that's great. Well, my hope and dream is that we're all pressing our thumbs. Hey, before we wrap it up, what's your recommendation for today? Oh, good God. Okay, hold on. I'll go first. If you need to think, I can go first. Yes, please. (laughs) Um, I'm really behind the eight ball on this one. So one of the things you should know about our recommendations now that we're doing them, they're not always going to be timely. We're not ahead of the curve a lot of the time, but it is going to be stuff from our heart. And so the thing from my heart today is the book Dark Emu by Bruce Pascoe. I just read it and it just oh blew my mind, opened my heart, changed my view of history, super powerful if you haven't read it yet, especially if you're Australian and you haven't read it yet, then um, I really recommend that you do. I'm actually going to go a book as well. Copycat. Which you won't always hear that from me. (laughs) (laughs) But it actually fits into what we're talking about today because I have had several visions that the energy of this will be changed by the feminine Mm -hmm. force as we've so many times discussed. So the book I've read that I'm still sitting with and just rolling over a bit is Mary Magdalene Revealed by Megan Watterson. Okay, that's amazing. it's, it's about the first yeah. apostle, Mary Magdalene. And I guess she was the woman that was repressed, wasn't she? And now the women are rising and the feminine is rising. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And she was considered mm. the prostitute. Mm. But she was the woman that he hung out with. She actually held tremendous power. Say the name of it again. Um, Mary Magdalene Great. Revealed and Megan Watterson. And it really, you know what, it calmed me about mm. this time found solace. Mm, all right, it. there you go. That's yeah. our recommendations. That's our work on the zeitgeist. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Woo Woo Verse. If you have already rated and reviewed us, then you don't need to listen to the next 10 seconds about what we're going to say. If you haven't rated and reviewed us on iTunes or like Stitcher or whatever yet, please do. Five stars, please. That would be delightful much. We have a universal treasure chest that's going to go up about this. It's a collective prayer for humanity and it's beautiful. So you can listen out for that. And uh, hey, Lynette, uh, support you. Support you and support you, Woo Woo Crew. Oh, support the Woo Crew.
Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. The Woo Woo-verse is recorded and edited by our incredible super producer, Dan Zivkovic. We love him. And if this conversation has brought up anything for you or if there's any extra work you've realised you want to do around this topic, then please know that you do not have to traverse the woo verse alone. We encourage you to build a support team around you and to do what you need to do to take really good care of yourself because you're amazing. So be good to you. <laughs>